we're ready to protect Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium. To quote, to quote a, a wise man, I'm tired of hearing about these motherfuckers. <laughs> Welcome to My Got A Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I preview this week's matchup between AP number one Georgia and college football playoff number one Tennessee. And we answer questions from you, our listeners. As always, remember to check out store.mygotapodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at My Got A Podcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Octia Time, at octiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. What do you uh, What do you have there? I have got the old Tennessee whiskey, the Chattanooga whiskey from um, Chattanooga whiskey Scotch cask. Oh, nice, nice. I figured uh, I figured I'd go ahead and um, have a little bourbon uh, for our volunteers. Nice. I getting to the end of this bottle. I have to. I just opened a. My bottle that that never ends, as it is an infinity bottle. Yes. Uh, so going with the elite, you know, the elite full tilt uh, this week. I don't know if you saw, but there's an official from the Georgia football account today that came out and said, uh, "Ask for the crowd to be elite again." Ah. <laughs> which, which I I think that was uh, I think it was Arkansas last year was when they said that. So. So to, to remind everyone, it's an acronym as far as the crowd goes, which stands for Early, Loud, Intense, Tough, Electric, Elite. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love uh, it. Uh, so I, I actually feeling, also I have, a, I have a feeling there's there's I have a feeling they're going to be elite. <laughs> I think so too, man. I mean, this should be this should be an environment like like nothing else at the, at the game is what I'm expecting. So. I'm not. Better, I'm not concerned about that. Better than a neuter. Uh, better than a neuter Arkansas game. <laughs> I think so. I believe so. I believe so. And I, you know, it's funny because I keep seeing like the videos from last year resurfacing about like the sideline reporter talking about um, like the decibels. You know, like the, that the decibels were registering higher than the Penn State wideout game, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that was at noon uh, against the top ten Arkansas. This is at three thirty. Uh, you know. Against, I guess, number one, Tennessee. You know, I guess it depends on where you look. Um, but so um, before we get too doesn't far, matter. I did. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But before we would get too far, I did want to, with these bourbons, I thought maybe we could uh, have a toast to Coach Dooley. Uh, may he rest in peace. He was the he was a coach of Georgia football when I fell in love with him. Uh, he was the athletic director when we were in school. Um, so, you know, passed away at age 90. On Friday, it's pretty, it's pretty jarring to me, like shocking. Um, wasn't really ready to talk about it yet. <laughs> we did the review, uh, yeah. but you know, I don't know, just want to, you know, raise a glass to coach and uh, we love you. I'll raise a glass. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. So yeah, man, I, you know, I, and I don't, um, I never like met coach Dooley or anything like that, but I've heard so many like great stories about him. Um, I've seen so many things like come up online. I saw people talking about like, you know, they had written, written him. Like I saw one, it was like a, some kind of ridiculous thing where someone like applied for the head coaching job, like as a joke <laughs> or whatever. And he actually like wrote back 
<laughs> on the official letterhead and was like, you know, uh, appreciate the application, but unfortunately we're looking for someone with head coaching experience or something and gave like a, like an actual <laughs> response. That's uh, hilarious. So just stuff like that. So I don't know. Um, always had good, good stories about coach Dooley. I, I have met coach Dooley twice on two occasions. Um, oh, nice. One occasion, um, he was doing a book signing at, at an event that Mark Richt was also at, um, okay. do, doing his signatures and stuff. I don't remember exactly where it was. I want to say it was in a hotel somewhere, but um, hmm. but um, but I remember he was he was there signing books. Actually, you know what? I take that back. It was um, it was at the the World Congress Center. I think that he had a he had a a table set up where he was signing books one, one year. I can't remember if it was the SEC championship that I was at um, mm. where he was there, or if it was a bowl game, it could have been the sugar bowl or it could have been an SEC championship game. Sure. Um, but, um, but anyway, he was there signing books and he was, he was very nice. And then the second time that I met him was when my daughter was in preschool at, um, at a preschool over here in Kennesaw. And he like came one day to, to preschool uh, I don't remember exactly why he was there, but um, the, the the director got a picture of me and him. I'll, I'll post it online. I got a picture of of me and him chatting it up. Um, probably no nice. doubt talking talking about the Georgia the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> I actually in uh, <laughs> in true fashion, it must have been either a Friday before or something like that. I was I was wearing my game day attire. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. That's awesome. I do have a signed copy of uh one of his books that he wrote so i, I do have that um yeah, yeah i got him to sign I, I, a book i got him to sign the football that i had mark rick sign oh nice so i've got a, a i need to get kirby to sign it too now <laughs> yeah seriously seriously that'd be excellent if, well, anybody, if anybody out there can help me get that football signed, that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> nice i mean i could have just brought it with me to the bronco nagurski ward that one time apparently but he wasn't the coach yet so yeah little did you know Little did I know. Little did I know. Uh, well, cool. Well, um, uh, I don't know how to transition away from that. Um, but let's see here. Do you any? I don't know any other any anything before we get into the matchup notes. Uh, oh, fun facts. Are we doing fun facts? Is that what we're doing? No, not yet. We we'll get to that. Okay. We can, yeah. So let, we can run. Let's let's run down the matchup. So um, kickoff Saturday, uh, three thirty, um, Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium. Um, it's the CBS game of the week. We will, we've got the, uh, you're not a double header. So you got Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson and Jenny Dale, uh, second week in a row, um, with that crew, uh, Georgia comes into the game, eight and five and the, in the sec, Tennessee also eight and four and in the sec, um, all time series record. Georgia does lead 26, 23 and two, um, which is interesting just how few times we've actually played them. You know, um, this was not an annual game until the SEC expanded, uh, you know, in what, uh, in like 90, um, 90 92, I always forget. I always get that wrong. Uh, but when the SEC went to 12 teams and split into two divisions, you know, that's when we started playing them every year. Um, so that always jumps out to me looking at that. Um, let's see. We are number one in the AP poll, number one in the coaches poll, number three in the college football playoff, uh, Tennessee is two in the AP, three in the coaches, and one in the college football playoff poll. Um, so maybe we can get to that in a minute. Um, and then the official hashtag, of course, is hashtag 10, that's T-E-N-N, versus U-G-A. 
Uh, one thing to watch out for is it does look like the weather is supposed to be cloudy. So high of 78, low of 62, looks like 40 to 50% chance of rain, uh, kind of depending on the time of day. I saw something, someone say something earlier today about like kind of three to six window. They're actually expecting it to rain. Um, so something to, to watch out for with that. Uh, Yeah. I I heard, I I asked the, I asked the Google today about what the weather was like and I heard her say what it was. I said, shut up, Google. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm Uh, I'm really, I'm really hoping that that's going to change over the next few days. (laughs) Push, push that rain, push that rain to Sunday. Uh, I'd like to have a clean game. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. For the, especially for the, you know, arguably the biggest matchup ever, certainly the highest ranked matchup in the history of Sanford stadium, Um, which I suppose can bring us to our fun facts. So, I have a couple of things just on the matchup so I can hit those. So this is the first time ever at Dooley field at Sanford stadium that we've had the associated press number one play the associated press number two. Um, So that has never happened before in the history of playing at Georgia. Um, The closest there have been two top five matchups at home in the past. So in 1983 uh, number three, Auburn edge number four, Georgia 13 to seven. Mm-hmm. And then the only other time was in 1942 uh, when number five, Georgia shut out number two, Georgia tech 34 to nothing. Uh, so only the third ever top five matchup in the, in the history of Sanford stadium. So pretty crazy. And then even more crazy, um, maybe not even more crazy because it's not as much time, but since the college football playoff began, uh, there's never been a regular season game between the college football playoff. Number one team against the AP number one team. That's never happened. Uh, since the CFP started. So as far as like ranking wise and, you know, then you add on to the fact that it's two undefeated teams in the same division of the same conference. It's pretty big. Something we've never seen before. Yeah. So all, all those people that used to talk a bunch of crap about how awful the SEC East was. <laughs> mm, yeah, seriously. How you like us now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. It is funny. Like when you kind of look at the schedule preseason, like, you know, like last year we were like, oh, the home schedule is horrible. And we had like, you know, game day was there, what, like twice or whatever. Like, you know, we had that. And it was from like unusual, you know, last year it was what Arkansas and, and Kentucky, I think were the ended up being the kind of the big games at home. Um, mm-hmm. And this year, I mean, you know, traditionally Tennessee is big, but they've been like off the radar for years. So right. uh, kind of snuck up, on, snuck up on us from the off season, I would say. All right. You got you got some fun facts. I do have some fun facts. Um, so it, I don't know that you, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Jim, but we're, <laughs> we're not playing Tennessee. We're playing Blount college. Blount college. Okay. I had, <laughs> I, I had no, no knowledge of this whatsoever. They were originally founded as Blount college, which they're Blount on, on our, on our existence at this point right now, especially right now. <laughs> so uh, a blight, a blight blout college. Get out, I like get out it. of town. <laughs> I like it. I like um, it. The, other, the other fun fact is um, they actually owe Georgia um, a debt of gratitude for their nickname. Um, mm-hmm. They couldn't they couldn't come up with something themselves. Um, <laughs> so it had to be someone from Georgia that gave them some 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 reason to, to reason to exist. OK, um, so in 1902, an AJC writer coined the phrase volunteers for Tennessee. And they used the term volunteers from that point forward. So wow. they couldn't even come up with their own nickname. It had to be <laughs> someone from Georgia. Um, and then, you know, since 
since that, I guess, since then, like, I can't remember when it was, I probably could have looked it up with all this, but Davy Crockett is the guy that like, you know, they, they model their little guy after, mm-hmm. yeah. um, their, their, their method, their method, uh, pioneer man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, too much Twitter, kind of- too much Twitter this week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, yeah. So that's, they have, they have Georgia to, to congratulate for that. Okay. Interesting. I did and, not inter- know that. And, and interestingly, the reason that it was a Georgia writer is because they, uh, I think it was, I can't, I can't remember. Uh, don't, don't quote me, but I believe that they beat Georgia tech. That was, Oh, that got was, it. How it. That was how it happened. So after the tech game, an AJC writer coined that phrase or coined Correct. the term volunteers. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Uh, back when, well, shoot, I don't know. Maybe it was you before, but you know, before tech left the sec, at least, mm-hmm. um, you know, actually one thing that I, I don't even have this written down, but I know I read it. So I'll go ahead and say it. And hopefully I, I'm remembering this correctly, but, uh, you know, with, so college game day will be, will be there. Um, and so if you're wondering, Georgia is five and two, uh, when hosting college game day all time. And, uh, we've actually won five in a row, uh, when game day comes to Athens. So, uh, if those kinds of things matter to you, that's just, that's how it goes. I'm curious, what were the five? Because how many times has game day been there since Kirby's been here? Yeah, well, so I think it was twice last year, right? Because well, yeah, yeah. So you got so there's the Ar- Arkansas and Kentucky. I'm pretty sure they were there for Notre Dame. Am I not? I think maybe I'm wrong, but that would be three. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I didn't do that. Like I said, I didn't even have the thing pulled up anymore from five and two. <laughs> I just saw that earlier this week and it just popped into my mind. I do know as far as like, if you're wondering where they will be set up, they are set up on the Myers quad. Uh, so that's where game day will be. Um, Marty and McGee is also going to be there. Um, they are going to be by the special collections library. Um, there's a little, uh, whatever, there's a little quad out in front of that. Um, so they'll be over there. The, uh, the other thing, um, the other thing that the reason I, I asked about the, the game day stuff was because um, I feel like that much like many narratives since Kirby smart has come to Athens, the, I remember, I remember when we were in college and it was like, we were so fearful of game day coming to coming to school. Yeah. Even like after I graduated, we were so fearful because it was like, Oh my God, we're going to embarrass ourselves in front of national television. <laughs> I remember that was the vibe. That was the vibe that we were going to choke or whatever. And yep. Kirby, Kirby, like, that's why I said, like, what, what five wins on the trot are we talking about? Because mm. I feel like it's got to be all Kirby, right? Uh, I uh, see. This is where I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it may not be. Well, um, he's a big part of it, obviously. So yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I don't have any fear. I don't have any fear of game day coming in and us not being able to put up a show. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, that doesn't concern me anymore at all. I mean, I used to be like, okay, like even just like in a regular, like if whether they were there or not, you know, it would be like, okay, you want Herb Street to pick Georgia and Corso to pick the opponent. Like, you know, I, like we used to, I used to like care about these kinds of things and I just don't even. Exactly. Corso's curse. <laughs> yeah, Corso's exactly. Corso's curse. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's over. That's over. All right, cool. This is good, good with the fun facts. Good with the fun facts. Learn some stuff. Um, we can hit the news and notes. I, I don't have a ton. Uh, Non-Georgia related, did just want to acknowledge uh, Brian Harson is out at Auburn officially. So we kind of all knew that was coming and we're wondering when it would happen. It, that did finally happen. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, it's crazy. Like uh, Cadillac Williams is the interim head coach. Um, it's, it's crazy to think, you know, he was, he was a guy that was there 
back in our in our younger days. Um, so we'll see. Wasn't we'll see the, where they go long term. Wasn't he the mm-hmm. running back when they had their undefeated season? Um, the the Cam Newton season? Him. No. Well, he was no, the running back back when back when um, Tuberville. Yeah, 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 yeah. The year when they like finished, like they didn't make the BCS. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, I think that was still it was him and Ronnie Brown, right? With Ronnie uh, Brown, Jason, yeah. Jason Campbell, that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So interesting. We'll see where they go long term. I don't. I don't know. We can we can speculate on that later. Um, and then I guess I don't know. I mentioned it earlier. I don't even know how much we want to get in this. Maybe we can talk about it throughout. But uh, I was fully expecting. Uh, I I should have tweeted it or something, but. I was fully expecting Tennessee to be number one in the playoff, college football playoff. Um, it didn't surprise me one bit. I was surprised that we were three. I thought Tennessee would be one, we would be two. And the fact that they dropped us, or not dropped us, the fact that they slotted us at number three, um, I feel like plays right into Kirby's motivational hand. So I, it doesn't bother me. I, I feel like they kind of gave us a motivational gift. <laughs> yeah. That. I think I think uh, do, do we maybe have South Carolina to blame for that since they lost mm, <laughs> and got bumped true. out of the top twenty-five? So our, our resume took a hit when they lost. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I once again, like this, this is another thing that like uh, I just don't even care about anymore. I used to care about this kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, we're ranked number one. We love it. <laughs> yeah, um, but now it's like, man, none of this matters until December. <laughs> Just one, yeah. maybe. Yep. I mean, even with the playoff poll, like the only one that matters is the one that announces who's going to the playoff. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you know, like before that doesn't matter. And then after that, it's all about on the field. So agreed. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Basically, I've got some notes on the injury front from Kirby's availability this week. So uh, yeah, uh, we now know do we, that do we have Nolan to Smith. <laughs> yeah. We'll just, have, well, I'll run through it quick. So Nolan Smith uh, out, out for the year, surgery for a torn uh, pec. So, um, raise another glass to, to Nolan, damn good dog, DGD, uh, love that he came back for this senior year. Hate, hate to see it end that way. Um, but hopefully he can, uh, recover in time for NFL draft. Um, so wish him the best for that. Uh, and he will be next and we'll talk, we'll talk about that. Um, so he talked about Kenda Milton said he's got the quad strain that's been bothering him. Uh, so I don't know if we'll see him or not. Um, A.D. Mitchell uh, still has ankle injury. Sounds like he's not practicing. Uh, Kirby actually mentioned that today, um, so I would not expect to see him. Um, Man. Yeah, it's brutal. And then uh, I think he actually Mitchell. used the word hopeful actually on Wednesday about him, so <laughs> I think he got the hopeful gets to death today. Um, Mims, uh, slight MCL um, is what Kirby said, and he said we hope he's going to be able to go. Eh, so we'll mm. see there. Uh, Dom, Dom Blaylock, that was an interesting one, right? Cause like he didn't come back in the game after that interception, like the crazy interception play. Um, it's according to Kirby, it, he was having a lower back spasm after that. Uh, so that's why he didn't come back into the game. Um, uh, but they said they think he should be fine. So that's good news. Um, and then the only other thing that was the only injury stuff that I saw. Um, only the other thing I did want to call out cause we had talked about this on the bye week was like, how much time would they spend on Tennessee? And Kirby did admit that they did spend time on Tennessee during the bye week. Now he added that they, they spent time on like three to four teams during the bye week. Um, But so, which I think you said would have been criminal if he wasn't right. (laughs) Yeah. So they definitely were doing some look ahead work, which is good. 
what well you know as we saw whatever whatever they did for florida was fine so um yeah. i'm hoping that, yeah. <laughs> that that's going to tra- transpire and transverse on onto this week as well um yeah okay yeah. cool all right man let's dive in to the game um when we'll let's ju- we'll just go through our normal progression so we'll start off with what are we looking for when when georgia has the ball um i usually kind of jot down some things about some players and things like that. But this time I couldn't resist looking at their coaching staff. So you'll see some familiar names. Uh, Rodney Garner is their defensive line coach. So he's a longtime Georgia defensive line coach. Uh, Mike Akeeler is the outside linebackers coach. Uh, may remember him as well. And then our good buddy, Willie Martinez is still the secondary coach at Tennessee. Um, so take with that what you will. I know. <laughs> I know we, we 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 tend to beat up Willie Martinez, uh, so we'll we'll see how their secondary uh, can handle our, our receivers. Isn't it third? Is it still third and Willie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We'll we'll find out. We'll find out on Saturday. I think that, that I actually did not realize that there were so many former Georgia coaches on that uh, right on that coaching staff. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's sure. also going to be interesting as we get into some of the more like statistical stuff, especially as it relates to the defense. So, yeah, that's was were they? So yeah, so he was he was the secondary coach in 01 through. So K- Kirby was on on staff with him. True. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, because Martinez was yeah he was secondary coach until he went until he got uh, promoted to, to defensive <laughs> coordinator. And that also that also means that Kirby was on staff with with Ronnie Garner, and I'm not sure when did Elk when did Elker, I think Ekeler Ekeler was a lot later because Kirby was only here for like yeah. one year, you know, and he was the running backs coach. <laughs> well, <laughs> as as we all know from that time period, like Ronnie Garner was here for decades, so yeah, um, he was here forever. He was here forever. <laughs> so uh, I think that 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 probably bodes well for us because you know he was an unassuming assistant at that point, so. Um, he probably picked up some tendencies from those guys is what I'm guessing. And gotcha, clearly yeah. nothing, clearly nothing's changed from Willie because you'll see later as we start talking about the, the opportunities we're going to have on offense. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, with the offense, like, I guess for me, you know, I, I'm just looking at this, um, some kind of anecdotal stuff. Like we're, we're hearing a lot about the playbook and, and being kind of a bit being more wide open. Like there's no, if there's anything that's been held back, no need to hold back anymore. Like we're going to see everything there. Um, I mean, I think like, uh, I just feel like I want to see us, I don't know, like kind of do what we've been doing. Not so much do what we've been doing, but like figure out what is working. I, I, I assume Munkin's going to kind of poke and prod and, and find what works and then let's, let's stick with it. I mean, I think that's pretty much what we did last year. You know, last year we were able to create so many matchup problems with James Cook. Right. Like James Cook was heavily utilized in this game last year. We had the like where he went in motion and was a single coverage and every like the whole stadium world Bulldog Nation watching on TV knew we were going to cook. Right. That kind of deal. Like that's when that that started really happening. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that actually thinking about it, like I don't remember that we had done that much a whole lot before that game last year. So um, what what does Munkin have in his sleeve, you know, up his sleeve to pull out? 
in this game, maybe some little, little wrinkles. And I'm not so much saying like trick plays or anything, you know, but just maybe some concepts that we haven't seen as much. And like, are we going to see some things where he's like setting something up, setting something up and then does a variation of it and it hits or hits big. So I don't know. It'll be interesting, interesting to watch that, see what, see how Munkin calls this game. Yeah. Agreed. I think that, um, I'm hoping that we, if we start seeing some drops, you know, if, if there's a situation where people are dropping balls that they stick with what's worked all season long, which has literally been the tight ends. So um, mm-hmm. I expect to see heavy doses. I think they had their most targets all season um, in the last game, right? There was, I think there was like yeah. 14 target, 14 targets on tight ends last, last game. Um so you mentioned like mismatches and things like that. Like I could absolutely foresee a, a situation where Brock Bowers gets flared out in motion and some poor hapless linebacker is tasked with, with guarding him down the, down the field. <laughs> right. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, uh, I, I feel like, you know, last week we, we talked about the fact that Dejon Edwards was the leading rusher on the season and it kind of felt surprising. And like at this point, I mean, he is, he is a team's leading rusher. Right. So, I am curious to see how much we're able to run on these guys. Uh, Cause we actually ran on them a lot last year. <laughs> um, what do we have? I had that up earlier. Cause we had like 200 something yards rushing against Tennessee last year, I believe. So um, I don't know. I love, I love to run the ball obviously. So don't know if we'll be doing that or not. Um, but yeah, we had 274 yards rushing against Tennessee last year. So yeah, that, I mean, that's a lot. I don't know that we'll replicate that, but so one thing that Rodney Gardner was always pretty decent at it was recruiting a pretty decent um, defensive line. So that's interesting, mm-hmm. given the fact that they're like statistically pretty much on paper. I mean, we're slightly better, but like all intents purposes, they're pretty much on par with us in terms of being able to control and contain the run. Now, I don't think that they've come up against an offense that's nearly as good as us. I think all, all season, like I mean, I don't think that they've played anybody that's as efficient as us and conversely we haven't played one that's as efficient as they are you know as explosive as they are yeah um but uh you know the achilles heel and what where this thing kind of where the rubber meets the road against this this team is that man third and willie i mean willie martinez is the (laughs) defensive backs coach like yeah, I mean, this game on paper seems like it sets up so nicely for Stetson to throw for like 400 yards if he wanted to. I mean, the AR-15, wow. AR-15 threw for like 300-something yards on these guys, and we saw what he was able to do against Georgia. So true. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I always thought that this game would come down to how Stetson played, and I think that that still holds true based solely on the fact that if he starts throwing interceptions, we're screwed. But if we don't turn the ball over and he protects the ball and he starts making good throws, like not that he hasn't all year, but like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I'd yeah, like yeah. to eliminate, I'd like to eliminate some of the drops. I'd like to eliminate some of those floaters that he's let go um, where he's had guys open and wasn't able to hit, but it really, it ultimately is going to come down to, can he like, I'm not so much worried about if they get pressure because he seems like he's able to still kind of figure things out when we're moving him around or when he has to move around, like he's still able to hit guys. But the biggest thing is, is that I just don't need to see any, I don't want to see any mistakes. I don't want to see any, any, any bad passes. That's what I'm looking for from the, from the offensive side of things. And then if you control, if you control your, your possessions and control the the ball and not let it get out of your hands, yeah. <laughs> no, that includes fumbling, right? Um mm-hmm. 
I really like our chances in this game to put pretty decent numbers on them from a passing game perspective. Um, and that will open up opportunities for the run if we can, you know, show that they can't stop it, right? Um, can't stop the pass, then it's going to open up opportunities because they're going to have to commit guys into the box to try to attack Stetson, which tends to be the, the way that teams beat have beaten us in the past is getting to Stetson. But um, no one's been yeah. able to really do that all that effectively. Um, no, I mean, Missouri was, I would say was the closest, right. But they weren't able right. to sustain it. But Missouri also had a pretty decent secondary. Like, you know, they, yeah. I think their, large, defense is, their defense is pretty good. I don't think we realized that heading into that game. <laughs> right. Right. So here's, the, so here's, here, here's how bad Tennessee's secondary is. Okay. They rank, they rank 128th in allowing passing plays of 10 plus yards. Wow. Out of 131 teams, mind you. <laughs> okay. Okay. They rank 110th in allowing passing plays of 20 plus yards out wow. of 131. Wow. Um, okay. So, and just to put that into context, like they've given, like UGA has given up only 98 plays of 10 or 20 plus yards, like combined. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee's given up 154 of those types of plays. Wow. Okay. That's, that's a big disparity in the secondary. Now you could also argue that like, is, is it that way because teams were having to throw later, having to throw throughout the games because they're trying to catch up. You might be able to yeah. make that argument, but either way, like those plays are going to be there. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that, I mean, we've seen it from, we saw Alabama was able to move the ball pretty effectively. I mean, like I said, the Florida game and I would say the Pittsburgh game would also be a, another decent indicator because they're like a middling, you know, whatever ACC team. I can't remember what conference there are. They are in the ACC these days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that is correct. Um, but the Florida game is probably the more comparable because obviously it's a shared opponent, but yeah, it was at some point after, at some point after, and now we're going to get to the Tennessee offense. They, they switched, they switched their game plans up. Cause you can kind of see it in, in their wide receiver, they, they switched how they were playing and started throwing more to Hyatt or whatever. So teams were having to play catch up because they're getting bombed out of, gotcha. they're getting bombed out of the game. But yeah, I mean the, the defense, their, their defense doesn't appear to be very dangerous. Now, like I said, I, I still think that we're going to have to commit to continuing to try to run the ball. What I fear. And I think that you are kind of in that same boat is if we get behind, does Munkin abandon the run and un- unnecessarily so kind of thing? Yeah, and that's where I feel like in this game, like, and and that's my thing with this one. And I get, not to get too much into their offense, but um, like if we get if we do get behind, which is possible, right? Like, I feel like being behind is okay. I, I, I'd love to like to I use like the tennis term, like staying on serve, right? You know, like um, if they score a touchdown, we score a touchdown and we're trading a little bit early and touchdowns and field goals. I'm not so much worried if we get behind multiple scores, what are we going to do about that? Right. Like, um, and I just want to see, that's where I was saying, like, I want to see us kind of stay the course, no need to press and let's, let's play offense. Like we trust that our defense is going to figure things out kind of like they did last year. So uh, that's my thought there. I will, you know, I mean, could we see more Darnell Washington in this game? Right. Like you, uh, we'll see. Cause I, the guy, that guy is like a, a mismatch nightmare, you know? <laughs> so uh, we've been seeing more. he's been, his utilization has been increasing of late anyways. Um, so will that continue 
Um, something that did jump out, you know, I, I was rewatching uh, last year's game against Tennessee the day. Um, Kyrus Jackson really jumped out at me early in the game. Although like, I think that happened early and then we didn't, we kind of stopped going to him in that game even, um, which kind of led to some of our texting back and forth around like still kind of curious what's going on there. Um, but just regardless of who it is, I do, I do expect us to do some of stuff. Some of the stuff we were doing him with him was like the short pass and let him run with the ball kind of stuff. Right. So I can see us doing some of that a little bit early, kind of poking maybe a little bit of pass to set up the run. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I just want to see us come out fast. You know, like I want to see us come out fast in this game. I would love that. No waiting to get things going kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. I have a feeling that we're, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, what games this, this, what games this year do you feel like that we've done that though? (laughs) Yeah. Like Oregon and South Carolina. (laughs) It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, Oregon was great. I mean, we had an entire offseason to kind of prepare for it, basically. But, um, and, you know, it was kind of a known quantity, which, frankly, Hooker is a known quantity for us because we played him last year. I'm saying that it's probably not fair. I think it would be fair to say, I mean, we were up 28 to three at halftime against Florida. So, I mean, we started pretty dang fast against them, I guess you could say, too. So, that's that's true. That's true. Um, The one thing from the Florida game, talking about Florida, that kind of scares me. And I guess we can maybe that's going to, that's going to pivot to their offense. But I mean, we keep, we keep, we keep talking about our offense and how we are pretty confident that we're going to be able to move the ball. Like, yeah. Conversely, like they're going to be able to move the ball as well. And that's ultimately what's going to come down to this, this game is these two offenses is it feels like it's a game where if we can hold them on, you know, three or four possessions and keep them out from scoring three or four positions that we should be able to, to either catch up or, you know, outlast or out, outgun. Like, I, I feel like we can outscore them if we can stop them on three or four, three or four possessions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. That that's kind of how this this matches up is that we just need to make sure that we don't give them more possessions than they need. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, by turning the ball over, and that's where controlling the ball, um, scoring in the red zone, like taking advantage of our opportunities when when we get it. You know, obviously scoring touchdowns more so than field goals, but like this this does kind of feel like that. You know, if you start punting and you know start getting behind that things could potentially get, get murky for us. But I do think that we are good for multiple stops in this game, but I do believe that they're probably going to, I mean, they're going to get their yards and yeah, there's a are. reason, there's a reason why Vegas has this game as a, what, like a, it's like a, not, is it still a eight, nine point? Eight, eight point. last I saw. Yeah. So, so that's down. It started at 10. Like it's just moved down. I think it was nine and a half earlier this week. It must be down to eight now. So like that, you know, that jives with everything that I've seen from all of our statistical modeling on what this score is going to be. So, yeah. um, yeah, the, I think the, it's ultimately going to come down to the offense, which we might as well just pivot and, um, I think we got our, yeah, we can pivot, yeah. move on to yeah, our, we can do that. our next yeah. section. Yeah. So, and before we get into the, when, when Tennessee has the ball, just want to remind everyone that season three of my got a podcast is presented by Oxy time. Uh, if you want to commemorate the dogs national championship in style, you've got to check out their Georgia national championship timepieces. Uh, one thing I want to call out, uh, I'll definitely, I'll be there on Saturday. I'll be out and about, 
um, tailgating and such. And, uh, you know, the images of these watches on the website are terrific. Uh, but you really, you know, if you want to see it in person, uh, fully appreciate the quality. Um, I'll be around. I'm going to wear my watch. I, I wear my watch to the, every home game I go to now. Uh, like we've talked about before, John, I, I actually like the release, uh, from my Apple watch that I also have. Um, it's kind of nice to not be getting all those notifications throughout the day <laughs> on, yes. uh, on, on a game day. Kind of lets me, you know, just focus on what's going on in Athens and, and with the game the whole time. So it's pretty cool. I, I agree. And it's also like one of those things where my watch isn't like telling me to get up and move when I'm sitting there watching football, and enjoying beverages. So nice. I like it. I don't, I don't have to worry about that with my, with my, my national championship watch from Octia time. Yes. Exactly. Um, and then one last thing, just exclusively for our listeners, you can get 10% off these timepieces by using the code my God, a podcast at checkout. Uh, and one last reminder, you know, if you want to uh, get this as a holiday gift for someone, uh, you definitely want to get your order in early, uh, no later than Cyber Monday to make sure it gets here in time for Christmas. Uh, so be sure to go and check them out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. All right. So let's let's transition into the Georgia defense. So what we're going to be looking for when Tennessee has the ball. Um, one thing that I guess I kind of wanted to start with was just the environment. So we talked about how loud Sanford Stadium was last year uh, for the Arkansas game. The, you know, the team is calling for the crowd to be elite. Um, Tennessee has only played two road games so far this year. Um, so they played at Pittsburgh. That was a um, that was an overtime game. And then they played at LSU. So obviously that's a hostile environment, but that was like an 11 a.m. local kickoff. Um, so right. they have this, this Tennessee team has not had to deal with something like this yet this season. So I think that's an important thing to watch out for when you're looking for, you know, maybe some false starts, the, the crowd kind of making an impact there. Um, and then our buddy, John tweet sports put together a nice graphic. So in, uh, in Athens since 2017 under Kirby smart, Georgia is 32 and one seven and over is ranked teams and three and O against top 10 teams. Um, so pretty, pretty good track record of late. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I don't know that, that that's on our side as well. Uh, let's see. Hendon hooker, obviously right. Quarterback. He's been dealing, uh, 156 to 219 for 2,338 yards, 21 touchdowns and only one interception this year. Um, he's also got 73 carries for 338 yards and four touchdowns. He is their leading rusher. Um, they're a bit of a running back by committee. So Jalen Wright and Jabari Small are pretty similar on carries, both right around 475 yards. Wright's got five touchdowns and Small has eight. Um, and then the receivers, you know, the guy that everyone is hearing about is uh, is Jalen Hyatt. So Hyatt uh, kind of burst onto the scene this year, uh, 45 catches, 907 yards, and 14 touchdowns. So um, – Tillman is back. Um, he hasn't, he's been hurt a lot this year though. So he's got 21 catches for 268 yards and a touchdown. Um, but John, I know, you know, we, we like to say joining the, the conversation in progress. So one of the things we were talking about earlier was like, was Hyatt and kind of him bursting onto the scene this year. He was there that last year and he didn't really do anything against us. Yeah. He it's wasn't really, he wasn't really a factor, but, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, this earlier in the episode, um, there was a pivot, um, and it appears to have happened around the Alabama game, where mm-hmm. Hyatt just was able to burst onto the scene. Now, 
I I really don't know. Like, I mean, the guy had 207 yards, five touchdowns versus Alabama, which is, <laughs> you know, not anything to shake a stick at. Um, yeah. He's averaging over 100. He's averaging over 100 yards a game um, receiving, I feel like, or pretty close to it or something like that. Um but the guy, the guy has, has burst on. He had 207 yards versus Alabama, 174 versus UT Martin, 138 versus Kentucky, and a couple touchdowns in each of those games. But mm. they've clearly, they clearly see something in him that wasn't there last year. Um, right. So I, it's definitely going to be something to to look out for. Now, all of that said, uh, everything that I've seen from these guys, and you saw it in the Kentucky game, I saw it in their Florida um, review. I feel like I saw it in the Alabama game as well. Um, it just feels like the Hooker and Tennessee—they're they're scheming, they're, they're they're scheming him open and mismatches or whatever. Like yeah. every time, every time you see the highlights, it's like he's throwing wide to wide wide open guys, and yeah. Hyatt just happens to be one of those guys all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand it. The, the, the McCoy guy, I think he's a, I think he's a tight end or something like that. Um, I, I saw him busting open against Florida, um, on a mm-hmm. on wheel, on wheel routes. So like they obviously do things with scheme to try to get these guys open because that's how their big plays are happening is that they're just scheming these guys completely wide open. And I just, I, like like I said, I think they're going to get their yards. There's there's no doubt there. I just don't think that they're going to be able to get those chunk yard plays that they're used to getting against other teams because they're coming up against one of the top ten defenses. Like I said, like Georgia's only given up ninety something or sorry, uh, yeah, ninety eight ninety eight plays of 10, 20 yards, whatever. That was good enough. That was good enough for like eighth in the country in terms of in that metric. And Tennessee on the flip side is 128 or something like that. Um, I think that's what I said. Yeah, 128. Yeah. Uh, I just I just don't see us losing can losing ourselves on that. But now, one thing that does worry me a little bit, and we saw it in the Florida game, is can we get can we take down a tough to take down quarterback and hooker is one of those guys that like will squirrel away just like richardson was able to do and if yeah. he's able to do that are we going to see some backyard football and that's that's definitely something that i that i worry about now that said if you can if you can match up if you match up well with their wide receivers and don't lose don't lose your man don't lose your assignment don't lose contain on on these run plays um you know, I like our chances because Hooker seems to be. You know, he's, Graham Graham mentioned this. Like, it's it seems to be that if the read's not open, he's kind of like a, a he's kind of like a Justin Fields kind of guy. Like, if the first read isn't open, there's there's probably going to be problems with that play. And he's gonna if he gets pressured, but conversely, which UGA is really good and over indexes at getting pressure to the opposing team's quarterback more so than they are used to. And that's where you come into the the net yards per play impact that UGA is having on opposing teams' offenses. So, like, I do think that they're going to get their yards, but I don't think they're going to get anywhere close to what they're used to getting because our defense is so effective at holding them in check. And that's why I feel like that we're good for a few stops, like three, four stops or something like that. Yeah, Um, and when I went, like, what I was noticing, because I went back and from what I rewatched from last year too, right? Like, I mean, they did, so... Crazy thing is, I mean, they had a guy running wide open on the, on the second play of the game, and Hooker actually overthrew him. Um, 
he probably doesn't overthrow that guy this year, right? Like he's hitting those guys in stride this season. Um, so can't do that. But like there was a big, we made a big change during that game last year. So that was the game where Brini like lost his starting job, right? Because like early in the game, w- w- that's where we were getting beat was at the star position, at the safety position. And, and that's what I've noticed from what I have watched them this year as well is a lot of pre-snap motion, right? So they're moving their guys all around trying to find the mismatch, trying to like overload one side. Cause last year I saw a lot of like three receivers to a side with only two DBs and they throw that way. Right. So like, you know, and I feel like last season they started off hot, right? I mean, they're moving the ball against us. They were scoring and then eventually we shut them down and we made some adjustments adjustments. Now we've played this offense. We've seen it before. Um, and they're not like, they're not doing anything different this year than they did last year. Um, they're just executing better. So I feel like, you know, we kind of seemed to figure it out last year. Um, should be able to apply those same concepts. And I've got a lot of faith in the star position in between Bullard and Tyke Smith. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. Those, those guys make me feel good. Yeah. I mean, other than I've seen some comments, I've seen some comments from some, pundits and things like that or maybe i can't remember who it was that i saw to give something graham posted but like some coaches were questioning you know keely ringo and rightfully so i think that that's probably a question mark they'll probably look to look for him mm-hmm. them to kind of pick on pick on keely um but the the biggest thing the biggest thing is going to be just making sure that they're on first down we're keeping them in, in long situations um because, like I said, Hooker is tough to bring down. We get him in shorter down distances and things like that. Like, the, honestly, like everybody talks about the passing game and how electrifying their offense is. But from what I understand and how this Baylor, because this 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 offense is based on the Baylor offense, right? It's, mm-hmm. It kind of yeah. start. It kind of starts and ends with uh, the running game. Which, if they can't get the run game going, it is going to present problems for them. And that's one thing that I do think that we're going to be pretty good at doing is getting is keeping them in check. Like I said, keeping yeah. keeping Hooker contained and getting pressure on him is going to be important. Like I don't, I'm not too concerned about being able to bring him down, but I do want to make him uncomfortable in the pocket to where he bails out and has to move around because when he's getting pressure is when he really, really underperforms. Stetson, you know, still manages to make to make passes and plays. And if you go check out Doc Central, Graham has some 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 stats on on that and, and what that looks like. Yeah. Um, but if you get pressure on Hooker, he tends to break down. And that's where we've got to we've got to get pressure on him. I'm not worried about necessarily taking sacks or getting getting sacks on, on him, but that obviously would be nice. But we just need to get guys hands in the air in his face, get him comfortable, get him moving a little bit and some good things are going to happen for us. Yeah. And you know, one of the names that didn't get mentioned earlier when we were talking through the injury stuff was Jalen Carter because he's back. Right. And so, you know, he made, we saw an immediate impact from him against Florida last week. Um, and it sounds like he is like full go, um, for this game. So that's huge. That's huge. Um, for on both, on both the pressure note and then also stopping the run. Right. So, which is going to be very, very important in this game. Yeah, because he'll be able to take two guys on. He'll be able, they'll probably be double covering him and things like that. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, I like I said, I as long as we can keep the game in front of us, um, as long as we can keep the game in front of us and not get let their wide receivers run free behind us. Um, <laughs> yes. I I really like our chances here. And again, if our offense doesn't turn the ball over. 
you know, maybe we get it. We, we luck out. We're one thing that Tennessee has been really good at this season is feasting mm-hmm. on turnovers. They are yeah. plus they're plus eight turnover margin and UGA is zero. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's one area that we have not been particularly good at this year that we were pretty good at last year um, is getting yeah. turnovers and getting interceptions and things like that. Obviously we have a new defensive back coach. Maybe that's part and parcel with some of that, but like, um, I think that that's going to be something to watch, man. Cause like I said, they, they're, they're used to throwing the wide open guys and taking advantage of, of the, of the turnovers that other teams are giving them. If, if you do that against this team, that's a recipe to lose this game. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, as, as it is with any game, right. I mean, right. turnovers are always, a, are always a, a, a great equalizer. So well, uh, well, it may protect the ball. You say that, you say that, I mean, we had three, we had three turnovers wow. in the last game and we were still able to overcome it, but like, like a team that's like a Tennessee, a team like Tennessee, like if, if I were to tell you before the game, Jim, like, Hey, we had thir- we had three turnovers in this game. Like, how do you feel like it, it ends? Yeah, right? no. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, we can't do that. We can't do that again. We cannot do that again. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, I had a couple of special, anything else on, I don't know, Tennessee's offense or defense. Cause I got two special teams notes. Mm, nothing, nothing, nothing on that. Um, it will be it will be interesting to see like how because I believe that the plan is is to because um, Chambliss Chambliss came in for Nolan Smith and as we saw in the third quarter that yeah. was that was not good um, later later in the game because uh, he, he kind of struggled so that was something else that I think uh, Graham had mentioned over on Dong Central was that um, you know I think that like you said this in the game last year. The Brittany lost his starting job. Like I think that they're going to pull the hook on people if they're if they're losing their assignments in this game because this is a game that we absolutely have to have perfection. Yeah, agreed. So agreed. Cool. Um, let's see. For so for special teams, we I mentioned uh, Mike Eckler earlier. Uh, he's also the special teams coordinator, so another former Georgia coach having an impact there. Um, and did just look up their kicking situation. So Chase McGrath is their place kicker. Uh, he's 45 of 47 on extra points. So he has missed two extra points and he is 11 of 15 on field goals. Um, so he hasn't kicked a ton of field goals, I guess. Um, although he did have that knuckleball, uh, to beat Alabama for what that's mm-hmm. worth. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, which I thought, I thought was short by the way, like when I initially saw it live on TV, but it was, it was really not. close to being short. It was, it was, uh, all right. Yeah, well, special teams, special teams is, is, you know, the special teams is going to be interesting because, you know, they're both fairly close. Um, so they, you say special teams and turnovers. So, um, yeah. Jackpot actually is, you know, he's top 10. He's top 10 in scoring. And Chase McGrath is not too far behind, but he's definitely not top 10. So, uh, I, I think the edge, the edge there is on us in terms of like actual place kicking. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the avenue that we are, we have shown propensity for this year is we can't have any muff punts this year, uh, this game. So I'm hoping yeah. that we can, can show. Well, and that. I was going to say too, like, even like, like you think in like the Florida game last week, right? Like how many times did we run the kickoff back where we probably should have had a fair catch, right? Fair catch gets you to the 25 now. And we were, we had multiple times, which is like, sorry, Kiaris, because I think it was Kiaris. <laughs> but like, you know, he was fielding the kickoff and returning it and getting tackled short of the 25. So something to watch there. Um, you know, that, that's something that I don't know, like what is Tennessee's like, you know, coverage, what are their coverage units like, but something to watch for. There was, there was a stat actually. Um, I sent it to the boys 
I sent it to the boys earlier this week. Um, Tennessee actually is one of the top one of the top teams in average starting starting field field position. Mm, okay. The average starting field position for Tennessee is actually like one of the one of the best in the country. So um, if if we start running things out of the end zone that we don't need to, um, yeah, no, thank you. Like let's just let's just take yeah, the, let's just let's just take the touchback, guys, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, here it is. Let's see. Where is it? Yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee is number two in the country. They are number two in the country for average, for average starting field position. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So something, something to watch for, um, got to take care of the ball in that there are three phases of the game as we know. Right. Mm-hmm. So exactly. <laughs> got to do our jobs here as well. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, John. Let's hit the listener questions. You cool with that? Let's do it. All right. Uh, we got another Facebook one. Actually, this is just a direct message from our buddy David. So he said, on a scale of tearing down the goalposts against Alabama, which he noted was totally understandable, to declaring themselves champions of life, how pathetic does running trick plays against UT Martin and wearing alternate uniforms against a team that you were supposed to blow out make Tennessee look? <laughs> I, think you were okay with, I think you were okay with both of those, from what I recall. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Um, the uniforms don't bother me. You know, it was a night game. I don't know. I guess it was close to Halloween. I think they look like Halloween pumpkins or something, I guess. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, I mean, it is kind of weird. I don't know how late in the game they were running trick plays against UT Martin. Like, I haven't seen any of it. Um, it does seem kind of weird to kind of empty your clip on some of those things and put that stuff on film. Although, I guess, I don't know. Maybe they're putting on film to make you have to worry about something that they're not going to do. against. Probably something like that. So I don't know. It's, you know. They're just, they're definitely just, they're, somewhere they're, in the they're, middle. They're just trying to run their offense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're not you're not highly bothered by it. Not highly bothered by it at all. In okay. this day and age, in this day and age, like it's it's like it's kind of like it's kind of like bitching about the bat flip. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Uh, that's a, that 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 certainly doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see. We get we let's let's head to our Twitter questions. Uh, Zach SC Dog eight six four. In proportion to past regular season matchups, what game would you equate this to in magnitude? I had a hard time coming up with one, John. Um, like to be past regular honest. season matchups, so I got yeah one. for Georgia the the Georgia blackout. Okay, for me that was a big one. For, for me, that was that that, that was. The, the magnitude for me because it was a top 10 matchup. It wasn't like a one versus two or anything like that, but like that kind of set the tone for that season. Right. So um, you had ESPN game day in town. We had a hyped up home crowd um, and we got our butts beat. So that was, that was not good. And, but that was oh, a different. That, oh, the bad blackout. The bad, <laughs> the bad blackout. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Got it. I mean, just in terms of like the importance of the game and how things can shift for a season off of a, a, mm. a, poor, a poor performance kind of thing. Like, yeah, I don't, like I said, I think that the seasons have shifted, but like, um, 
you know, I guess if you wanted to do like we've we've been talking in the text thread that like the correlation for this 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 game is like basically UT is on the is on the 2017 trajectory that Georgia was on, and this is their Auburn game, and you know they're they're coming they're they're coming for first time on the road, a hostile environment, ranked opponent, all that thing, all that kind of thing. So that set the tone yeah, for that season as well. Yeah, so I was trying to think of a game. I guess I was probably using different criteria. I was trying to think of when's the last time we were so late in the season and there was this much on the line in a regular season game. And so I came up with a couple. I came okay. up with two. One is not very one I think won't be popular because you'll probably be like, eh, it wasn't really that important. But 2018 Kentucky, actually, Georgia at Kentucky, like the SEC was East was on the line had we lost that game. Now we ended up blowing them out, but that game was for the East. So that's one. And then the other one I had was 2002 Auburn. So 2002 Auburn, again, you know, not both teams undefeated, but that game, we had to win that game to win the East because ultimately your goal is to win the East, to go to the SEC championship, right? Because then everything happens from there. Um, so that game, you know, we lose that game, Florida wins the East. So that was my other, those are the, those are the two I can come up with. I'm sure there's something like further back, like there's probably some Georgia Auburn game late in the season that was for the SEC or something that I'm not thinking of. Um, but those are mine. Right. Let's see. Uh, 51 to seven GATA. What is your most favorite win over Tennessee? Uh, he, he, he said that his was actually 2003, uh, at Tennessee, the, the Sean Jones fumble recovery before the half of that game where, uh, Munson said there wasn't actually, it wasn't even Munson. Scott Howard pointed out to Munson that Sean Jones was wearing hobnail boots as he ran is what, uh, Scott Howard said. So <laughs> I think I'll I tipped do- my hat to mine. So go ahead. <laughs> Uh, for obvious reasons, uh, the Tennessee, the Tennessee went at home with the goal, the night, the goalpost came down. There's a reason yeah. we have an episode dedicated to that. So, yep. Well, if you're going to go with that one, I'll, I'll go with the hobnail boot, uh, you know, the year after, um, and you know, I was at that game, uh, kind of the, I would say that was a, a big pivot moment, um, where I think the players started to kind of believe in, in, in what Rick was, was doing. So I'll, I'll go with that one. Agreed. The David Green coming out party. Yeah. Yeah. This is a big one. Uh, <laughs> Will Kaplan asks, how do I lessen the Munsoning? Listen, listen to the film breakdown that Graham's going to put out. <laughs> nice. Mic drop. I mean, seriously, like he's going to, yeah. I already know, I already know what he's going to, what he's going to come up, what he's going to come, come out with. Like, you yeah. know, it's basically everything that we've talked about, right? Like they're they're yeah. gonna highlight they're gonna highlight ways that we're gonna be able to expose their secondary. They're gonna highlight opportunities that we're gonna have on on offense and the things that they've been able to feast on on defense, like with against lesser defenses that we're just not gonna be able to do. And so, like if you really want to do that, go and go and uh, listen to what Graham and Josh are gonna come up with, and John probably I think is also participating in that as well, but. I don't think they haven't they haven't posted that right. I haven't seen any updates on it. There, there's a chance they're doing it like right now. I no, right. I know they've got their Florida review. I haven't seen a, a Tennessee preview yet. Right. So uh, beyond that, go and watch the Florida game because after mm. our Florida, after our Florida review, I I think I told you, Jim. I think I told you this, but like after we recorded, I went back and like watched the game. I went back and the watched Tennessee Florida game. The Tennessee Florida game. Yeah. Okay. And I was just flabbergasted at what I saw. So, mm, okay. That's sage advice. I like that. I was just going to say, like, you know, if Munsoning, what's it going to get you? Mine is much more like nothing uh, concrete, but just, you know, you're not going to gain anything from it. No, I'll, need go, to worry. I'll go ahead and say it. I'll go ahead and say what I saw from that game. 
Florida is one drop away from having a mm. very substantial sh- shot at taking down Tennessee. Yeah. If their yeah. if their wide receiver doesn't drop that pass, uh, as you know, you know, as they were they were trying to get closer to have a closer shot at the end zone, right? And so their their wide receiver dropped the ball, and that made the fourth down play like impossible, basically. Yeah, didn't Napier like go for two inexplicably at one point too? They I did think. a lot of stuff. They the Florida yeah. Florida left six points on the field. Like they missed yeah. field goals. Like they should have taken field goals. They didn't take. Now that said, and this is something we didn't talk about, but like, um, you know, I mentioned like needing to hold possessions and keep possessions. You know, go, keep drives going. He went for it on fourth down at some really ballsy points. Mm. He went yeah, for it on yeah. fourth down, I think, when they were on their own 30-yard line or something like that. And everybody right. was like, I can't believe he just did that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so if you are presented with a situation where you are worried about being able to keep pace with a, uh, an offense, the solution is to go four downs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because nice. they're uh, not very good at it. Like they, right. Florida, Florida was a hundred percent on fourth down in very, very like high magnitude situations where Tennessee had to stop them, needed to stop them. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we, we've got a um, pretty good track record on fourth downs throughout this season as well. So Agreed. maybe something to watch for. Something to watch yeah. for. Uh, we had a couple of questions on Nolan Smith. Uh, I'll read them both. So Chad Jarvis said with Nolan done for the year, who do you expect to step up? Uh, does this make us more likely to get gashed by the run and more open to bigger pass plays without his pass rush, pass rush ability? And then Jerry Rigger said, what fallout can we expect from Nolan Smith being out for the season? Um, I think like who do expect to step up? I mean, um, I, I think it's going to be multiple guys, but I mean, one guy that I'm definitely going to watch for is none, none other than Robert Beal. You know, last year, this is the time of year when, when he came on last year. Um, you know, it was Adam Anderson up until the Florida game before he got suspended and Beal really came on late. Uh, so another outside linebacker, I'm, I'm looking for him to, uh, I don't know, to step up and fill some of that, that void there. Yeah. Jalen Walker is probably going to be getting a good look, good, good, good few looks Sherman as well. Yeah. Um, And to answer the the fallout, like for me, like I'm not even really worried about who's going to slot in because in Kirby we trust. Um, yeah. This is why you recruit at the level that we recruit at. I mean, Keely Ringo was, you know, not a huge a huge facet of the defense, but you know, he's obviously was a huge part of, at, towards the end, and you know, was a good depth depth element for us as well. Um, but this is why you recruit, right? Like this is this yeah. is why you recruit the way we recruit. Um, the biggest fallout for me that I'm worried about is the communication because he's the Nicobe Dean element on the field. I feel like, like even though he's not in the middle like Nicobe Dean was, he still is a good. He still was a big part of like the communication that happens between you know all positions on the defense, like pointing things out, like talking to guys, like all that kind of stuff. He's a leader on the field, right? So that mm-hmm. to me is going to be a big a big loss on the field because it sounds like that he's still going to be participating in everything off the field. Like they're basically going to yeah. treat him like an assistant coach now at this point. Right. Which. Right. I was just going to say that. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that's I mean to me, I think it's, out. yeah. And it's, you know, just can whoever is in there set the edge like he can. Cause that's, that's where he, that's one of the places where he excels. I mean, he's one of those guys that doesn't, Nolan Smith is one of those guys that, 
doesn't always show up on the stat sheet. Um, but I know right. he's very highly thought of by NFL scouts uh, because of the way he plays and just watching how he's impacting the game, even though it may not, you may not see it in the box score. So, I mean, you know, but, but again, like you said, man, that's why you recruit next man up. And that, that's what Kirby said in the press conferences, you know, it's next man up. Someone's going to have to fill the shoes. So. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, Benjamin, does Arian Smith get more than one snap? And then he said, will we see A.D. Mitchell in 2022? I, I mean, to me, it's a clean sweep of yes and yes. I mean, I I, it sound, I, I think Arian Smith does get more than one snap this game. I mean, he has been of late anyways. Um, and I think we'll see A.D. Mitchell back. I don't know how far out he is, but I I think we will. I think we'll see him back before the season's over. Yeah, yeah I think I think he'll be back. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? Like the Georgia Tech game, something like that? Yeah, I mean – yeah, I'd like to. I would love to get him back. I mean, so different injury, but that's what we saw with Pickens last year, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we saw Pickens return the tech game, get him a few snaps, get him comfortable heading into the SEC championship. We're a long way to go from being in the SEC championship. Obviously, you have to win this game plus plus more. Uh, we, you know, no one's clinching the East by winning this game, by the way, because um, we've got more games to play. Uh, but it definitely puts you in the driver's seat. So, man, right, right. I, I think it would make sense logically just based on that, if nothing else. Arian Smith is a full go. Um, I actually think that they probably have some things packaged up for him. Would love it. Would love to see it. Um, let's see. John Michael D. <laughs> I'm not totally sure. He said, he said to clarify, we have ran away from the total number of sorry Carters over. So I think that, I think we had set it over under for the season. And I think we're way over it, I guess is his point there. Uh, so that's funny. <laughs> hey, sorry, Carter. Um, you you got to keep track of these, John. <laughs> and then he said, uh, he said, is there a more annoying sound than Rocky top? I cringe if either of your answers is yes, because I haven't heard that yet. Ah, I, I, I gotta tell you, I've, I've been preparing myself. I've been singing it all week long just to get myself. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting my reps in. I'm getting myself, I'm getting my mind right to just prepare uh, for it and just be able to sing like, yeah, you Rocky top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting. I'm just getting used. I'm just getting used to it. You might as well just. You might as well just embrace it because you know you're going to hear it all game long. It's kind of like the the. So here's my answer. The more annoying sound is when Florida was good. You remember that song? You know that song that they play where it's like. Yes. It's, oh god. Yeah. That yeah. That's yours. Okay. Which <laughs> it's like Jaws. They they take Jaws and then turn it into like their fight song, I guess, or some version oh. of it. It's like, you know, you're gators, you're not a shark, but I digress. Um, yeah. Man, I, I'll say, though, like, you know, we haven't really talked about this much, but uh, the Tennessee fans are coming out. They have come out of the woodwork. They have all been, like, hibernating for years. And holy cow, it's like I see them at the grocery store now. I've, I never see people in Tennessee stuff yeah, around seriously. where I'm at. Uh, so they're, they're back. And, man, they're, they are the worst. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like it's like they, they they've come out of their meth induced uh, hibernation, and oh my it's, gosh, it's just like they're. I I think I I coined I coined the phrase. It's like they're they're a terrorist organization. Organization. They're oh, they're Hezbollah. <laughs> They they've they had like lulled they had kind of lulled me to sleep over their years, you know. Because I mean, I despised them in college. Yeah, uh, dude. But, you know, they were a lot better. But like, it's like I had almost kind of sort of forgotten how annoying they are. <laughs> I remember. And so like all this, all this is like giving me flashbacks to my college years and yeah. just 
I remember Tyler Turner and I, like we would go to the Tennessee games and I remember explicitly, it wasn't for football, it was for basketball. But when we went to the basketball games against Tennessee, man, those people were just absolutely awful. I remember, <laughs> I, I remember everything about it. And yeah, man, it's like just having flashbacks to how awful they are. And like people that have been super quiet on Facebook are now like posting about their team. And it's like, where you been, bro? Like, yeah, seriously. Did y'all just like stop playing football the last few years? Like, come on, man. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so frustrating. So sorry. We went off on a tangent, but that's okay. As we tend to do. I hate Tennessee. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't like them either. Um, let's see, Micah. Um, hey dogs. Uh, what is the biggest thing y'all think we can do to mitigate hookers deep ball threat? Uh, he had a couple other, uh, let's see player that scares you the most and your favorite UT memory. So we hit on our favorite, uh, games earlier. Um, I don't know. Is there anyone that scares you more? I mean, is it Hyatt that scares you the most or is it hooker? Where, where do you rank them? Uh, it's going to be hooker for sure. Like if hooker has a great game, if, if hooker is playing like Heisman level ball, like that's, yeah. it's probably not going to be good for us. Right. So like it all, the, the offense begins and ends with hooker. Like if Hooker is untroubled and unjostled or whatever, like he's mm-hmm. gonna pick, he's gonna pick us apart. Like yeah. it's just it's just a matter of it's just a matter of time. Um, if he sits in the pocket, can't make the first read, and I guess that that may be the that may be the key is like what what is Hooker's first read looking like? Is mm-hmm. if we can if we can cover up that first read, I really like our chances to stop this offense. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think, think it's that. Oh, good, good. I don't think that I don't think we're going to have like we're, we're there's a reason we're ranked where we're ranked in terms of the rushing attacks. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that we're going to have any problem with that. Holding yeah. contain on hooker. Like if we can keep him in the pocket and keep him stressed out, like that's 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 where this game is going to be won is is keeping him stressed out. And conversely, it's the same thing for Stetson, too, frankly. But yeah. Yeah, that's where I think like so the the first question was the biggest thing we can do to make mitigate the deep ball threat. I mean, I think I was just I was gonna say pressure, right? And again, to your point earlier, not necessarily sex. So I think it's it's the pressure and and taking away that first read. So I, I think those are kind of two two things. Disrupting there. timing and getting him moving, getting Hendon Hooker moving. He does not like to move and throw. That's true. Yeah, usually he he tends to tuck and run, right? He doesn't he doesn't throw so much on the run. Um let's see, Fletcher Proctor. Uh, it, if Georgia wins this game, and I'd like to think we will, has Kirby earned the reputation of being the best big game coach in college football? Uh, ESPN keeps overlooking Georgia because defense isn't sexy, but Kirby Smart has our fans not fretting over a game like this, unlike prior regimes. I agree I, I'll say, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's true. I think, like nationally, I think it might still take a little bit more time. Um, I mean, to say like. The best big game coach. I mean, it's it's if that's Saban until he retires. Um, like I, or, I mean, historically, he has been. But I, I think I think this can um, right a lot of past wrongs, and this will go a long way to continue to keep quiet those old narratives that have been quiet ever since January tenth. Wasn't there? I feel like there was a stat that like someone had put out there that like since the the loss, since the road loss to to Auburn in 2017, that we've gone on a run where we've only lost like one game or something like that. I can't remember. There's, there's that was something... the thing. That was the well. That was at home. Or it was, uh, so now yeah. The, sorry, no. The, yeah, the thing I was talking about earlier was the John stat 
on the Georgia at home since 2017 or starting with 2017. Yeah. There was, there, yeah. I feel like I saw a stat like against, against the top against ranked opponents or something like that against AP ranked opponents since 2017. Like we've, we've, we've gone on like a significant run since, since that point, like basically like since we lost to Auburn on the road, like we've, we've so, we've, well, this is, yeah. So the one that I have, that was the one that I read off earlier from John was strictly just at home. So this includes the 2017 season. Um, okay. In home games, Georgia is seven and zero against ranked teams, and Georgia is three and zero against top ten teams at home since since twenty inclusive of twenty seventeen and onward. So, yeah, I, I need to yeah. find that. I need I need I need to find that. I can't remember. I saw I saw it, but I obviously didn't gotcha. write it down or anything. But <laughs> that's like me with we, the since game. Since we day. lost, since we lost on the road to Auburn in twenty seventeen. Basically, Kirby. It was like a, it was like a wake up call for Kirby Smart in terms of playing ranked opponents. That plays into your question. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I would say that I would say that the tides are shifting in that regard for sure. Yep, yep. Let's see. Uh, Dwight uh, Dudadog uh, says the obvious question over under on the number of times we hear Rocky Top this Saturday. <laughs> he said the clicker starts when the team runs out of the title pregame until zero to the end of the game. Uh, he says he will pledge to keep an accurate count. I actually came up with a number earlier today and then I didn't write it down and I forgot it. It was like four and a half. I think, I think that was my number. I'm not going to, and I don't want to predict it is what it is. That's my number. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a billion. Because <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll play it no matter what. <laughs> they'll just, they're just going to play it anyways. Uh, that's the yeah, answer. I wasn't taking that into account. That's fair. That, this is this is not this is not Coach Trill's over under. So I'm I'm taking this I'm taking this with the <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it doesn't matter if you're uh, tongue in cheek <laughs> yeah yes 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 fair fair uh, let's see uh, Gator Hater how sweet will it be to watch Georgia beat the number one ranked college football playoff team twice in less than twelve months this time in Sanford Stadium uh, he said this time will be in my normal seat uh, on the forty five yard line forty rows from the field instead of forty five. Uh, on the 45, two rows, we have predict hashtag go dogs. So would be sweet Gators. Gators. You know, this is, um, this is one of, this is like one of Josh's really, really good buddies, John, by the way. So, uh, he, he, goes to the Florida game with Gator hater. So shout out buddy. Uh, would be sweet. Would be sweet. Would be a huge, uh, huge win. And like we said earlier, probably the biggest, you know, matchup wise, ranking wise, et cetera, home game ever in San Stadium. So it would be pretty awesome. Um, Kyler Dennis came in after that. And this was, this, this was tongue in cheek by the way, but he said, do you think we will rush the field after such a historic victory? <laughs> so no, no. We're, are we to win? No, that's the, the quick, simple Kirby answer. No, um, no. <laughs> Lula 34. Y'all know my hatred to this team. Will this game be, I'll have a beer or two and relax in the fourth quarter when we're up big, or will it be breaking out the Jefferson's ocean before it even starts to numb my fears? Uh, I, I, I'll be, I'll be breaking out the bourbon before kickoff. I'm just going to gonna yeah. throw that out there. So like, <laughs> I mean, buckle up because there's a reason why this, there's a reason why the spreads like eight, eight points, seven points, whatever, eight points, nine mm -hmm. points. Um, this is going to be a tight game. It's going to be tight. Like I said, I, I think it's going to come down to a handful of possessions. I mean, that's ultimately what I'm expecting here is, yeah. Who can play perfect for the entirety of for four quarters? 
Um, is it going to be Georgia? Or is it going to be Tennessee? And based on the talent index, like the the blue chip ratios, mm. I, I like I like our chances. I mean, talent trumps pretty much everything in this game in college. And the only teams that have been able to trump Georgia have either been teams that uh, we just weren't ready for yet. And mm. um, in the, the you know, I go back to like 2017, 2016. Beyond that, it's it's the Alabamas of the world where blue chip ratios are are greater than ours or had been greater than ours. Um, that's yeah. now, that's now changed to be ba- basically a push. Um, so knowing that we are vastly out talent them, um, I I'm leaning towards Georgia in this, even though uh, breaking news, the <laughs> John, John and grammar, like throwing out like where, where the public betting is going on, on this game um talking about yeah. the, the money the money is all on tennessee 80 <laughs> percent of the bets and 93 percent of the money is on tennessee which means yeah. that someone's someone's gonna come up poor <laughs> well I, that, uh, the only thing i'll say there is we you do have to remember like you know we say these guys are good these guys are good and stuff like that uh but they also want to make money and uh so i don't know watch out watch out for that that's all i'll say on that one yeah all right, Jason Huggins. Uh, true or false? This will be the biggest crowd on campus of all time. I think to me, the it's going to be hard to beat uh, Notre Dame because um, I think didn't I'm trying to remember we we like added seats or something for Notre we Dame. To, we had to add seats. All right, so here's here's a question, Clar- clarifying question. Mm, yeah, go for it. Biggest crowd in terms of. Like stadium capacity or biggest crowd in terms of like Athens capacity? Fair. He did say on campus of all time. So well, that is on, true. But on campus could mean a lot of different things, right? Like on campus. Okay. Like well, the, just in town. Are there going to be more people in yeah. town for this game than any game ever? Uh, a thousand percent. You think so? Okay. The, yeah. To quote to quote John, like, you know, he's on, he's got those Tennessee guys that, that are renting out restaurants and things, rooms and restaurants and things like that. Like, there's there's a reason why this game is the most expensive game of all time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. There and and again, like they've been Tennessee has been in the wilderness and they're all coming out of hiding. And I mean, and they're you know, they're they're excited, they're confident, they want to support this team. So I think that's a good point. It was a much further uh travel for the Notre Dame folks. So yeah, that's a good point. I was looking at stadium capacity type thing, but in the aspect of on campus, I agree. I think that's fair. Yeah. And game, you know, game days here yet again, right? It's yeah, going to sure. I mean, it's gonna be, <laughs> it's going to be wild on Saturday. Um, I mean, you got, I mean, I'm heading into town and I'm not going into the game. So, right. Yep. Like, yep. You know, there's, there's going to be a lot of folks like me out there watching in the parking lot. Right. For sure. Um, and then his last thing is the dogs will win this game because of blank. Um, you go first. I'm going to say because of our defense. Mm. Mm. I like that. I like that. I really like that answer, but I'm going to have to go with um, the dogs win this game because of Stetson Bennett. Oh, God. What an answer. I feel like we just gave the two best answers that could possibly give him. Like, I got a huge emotional reaction from that, and I think you got a huge emotional reaction from my answer. <laughs> I, got a huge anyway, emotional, I got a huge emotional reaction for a different reason, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's ultimately going to come down to Stetson. Can Stetson protect the ball? Yep. 
Yep. If that answer is yes, we win. If the answer is no, we don't. Sure. Um, I have to add, my sister said, <laughs> my sister did text me. It was like, John needs to stop saying like, what's going to happen to keep it equal. Cause all those things happened against Tennessee. So not, we're going <laughs> to knock on wood right now. <laughs> I'm knocking on my head. So Mel, it's okay. It's okay. A reminder that what we say does not actually matter. <laughs> yeah. We're over such things. And I knocked on my head. So we're good. Um, and then Jason did close out with the tailgate will be in fuego this Saturday. So Jason, we hope to hope to be able to stop by to see you. All right, that that wraps it up for the listener questions. So thanks everyone for submitting. We we truly enjoy the engagement. Uh, much appreciated. And now, yeah, and now it is time. Oh my God! I'm going to put glasses on. Robert Field. My God, a freshman! It's time for coaches over unders. Once again, uh, as always, John, we will start it off with the offense. Um, let's see. You you are still in the lead. So again, we flipped the coin, or you get to pick. Do you want me to go first, or do you want? Would you like the honors? Uh, you go first. <laughs> okay. The first one over under three hundred twenty five UGA passing yards. Uh, I'm going to go under. You're going under. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over. Okay. Uh, okay, your turn. Over under two hundred rushing yards for Georgia. Under. Over. Mm. Uh, um, okay, my turn. Uh, Georgia players that score touchdowns over under three and a half, and I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over as well. Okay. Uh, all right, your turn. Switching to the defense. Tennessee passing yards three hundred seventy-five. I'm going to go under. Agreed. Okay, my turn. Hendon Hooker over under fifty rushing yards. And I'm going to go under. I'm going to also go under. Okay. Um, and then your turn. Tennessee, first half touchdowns, three and a half. Hmm. I'm going to go under. Okay. Agreed. I'll go under as well. Uh, for special teams, Tennessee punts the ball over under two and a half times. Uh, let's see. This is my turn, right? Uh, I'm going to go over. So. I'm also going to go over. Okay. And then wrapping it up, miscellaneous. Tennessee penalties due to noise over under two and a half. I mean, how do we, how do we, how we just say, how, we could just say that the false starts are caused by noise, you know, like that kind yeah, of thing. Over. Agreed. I also have over. Uh, so and I wrote that in ahead of time. So we didn't, we didn't discuss this, but Tennessee is one of the most penalized teams in the country. They Ooh. are ranked number 124 out of 131 teams in penalties. And conversely, the University of Georgia is ranked 15th. Wow. Okay. That's a good, that's a good nugget there, John. I like yep. that. I was saving okay. it. I was saving it for that. For the over under. <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> nice. Now, well now conversely, conversely, some of those folks that maybe have watched the Alabama game, Tennessee ranks number 21 for opponent penalties per game. Penalty yards per game, I guess is what I should say. But yeah. So does that mean a, opponents They're, have a lot of penalties against them, or not exactly? A lot? They've okay, been interesting. Tennessee has benefited from a lot of penalty yards. Um, Man, I feel yeah. mm. they're getting. They're basically getting over, uh, over, over sixty. They're sixty-five. They're basically getting sixty-five yards in penalties per game versus versus teams. I mean, between that and the turnovers, which, cause I mean, a lot of times turnovers, like the way, I mean, interceptions, whatever, but like the fumbles, you know, it's the way the ball bounces sometimes and stuff like that. Like, 
don't know, man. It's like everything's been going their way. Maybe, maybe that can change on. Con- conversely, Saturday. conversely, Georgia is ranked number one hundred um, in opponent penalty yards um, at forty-seven, but roughly forty-seven. Okay. They're getting they're getting forty-seven yards off of, off of penalties. So, okay. So we're not getting a lot of yards. Penalties. We're not getting as much, obviously, but like, you yeah. know, in a, in a game of inches, right? Yep. Field, this yeah. game is, this game is going to come down to field position and turnovers. So yeah. um, buckle up. Yeah, man. Uh, Coach did have a bonus one. And this is more just a statement. Tears during the Dewey tribute. And he said too many. So agreed, coach. Agreed. Uh, which, so there is going to be, by the way, they are going to honor both Vince Dooley uh, and Charlie Trippy at this game. Um, so there'll be official stuff going on. Um, I know the team is, my understanding is I think they're going to wear a decal on their helmets uh, for Trippy, And I think there's going to be a patch on the jerseys for Dooley. So pretty cool. Heck yeah. Pretty win cool. for Vince. Hashtag win for Vince, y'all. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Well, coach, as always, thank you for sending in the over-unders and thank you for tracking them now. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's a new addition for season three is that coach tracks our over-unders. <laughs> Love it. record so we're, we're doing our I don't, we're doing our best to increase your experience dear listener that's right that's right <laughs> i don't know how much i like that we're tracking it because now like because like you're beating me but that's okay that's okay <laughs> uh, uh, we should have like a little trophy like the dundies or whatever the coach coach the coach the coach trail trophy <laughs> we totally need to do that i, I don't know I, I don't know coach we'll talk about that on saturday uh <laughs> And I feel like, I don't know, I just, I don't coach. Like, are you going to provide us with a trophy? Like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. People are asking. People are asking. Uh, All right. Let's do the predictions. So moving into the final predictions, I I did just refresh to check and I haven't seen any live line movement. So uh, Georgia is favored in this game by eight points in Vegas. Uh, The over under is set at 66 points. That gives us an implied score of Georgia 37 to Tennessee 29. Um, so, you know, right there, this is in stark contrast uh, to, <laughs> to the other games this season, right? Like right off the bat, uh, very different to what we've been seeing. Um, mm-hmm. But hey, we've been saying, you know, can the SEC East step up? And folks are always talking about the home schedule, et cetera. So we're, we're getting to this game. Um, let's see. The uh, CBC R2, Sam, our buddies over at Chapel Bell Curve, um, They've got this game. Their model has Georgia winning 36.3 to 24.6. Um, Odd Shark, we look at, they've got, man, they've got a super close game. So they've got Georgia wins. Uh, you know, they've got kind of funky numbers, but it's 29.6 to 21 is what they've got. Um, so, I mean, you know, every, everyone is, is is predicting a a tight game. Like you said, buckle up. This is going to be... Um, I mean, I guess we don't know, but we'll see. It it it, it it's leaning toward um, a game to live up to the hype, but we'll see. I mean, we'll find out. We'll find out on Saturday. Where are you at with this, John? Or do you want me to go? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, you you go ahead. Okay. Um, my my general thing is, you know, I, I've been looking at it a bit like, okay, here's where I'm going to go with this. Earlier from Hug Dog's question, right? He said. Uh, the dogs will win this game because of, and I said the defense. And so I did take a look at how is Georgia's defense impacting our opponent's average points per game. And so I, I, I did those numbers today looking at how our power five opponents uh, 
how many points they scored versus their power five opponents as compared to what they score against us. So we are impacting our opponents average points per game by negative 14.78 points. So we're holding teams to two touchdowns less than what they they tend to to score against the power five. Right. Mm -hmm. So Tennessee against the power five is averaging 41.6 points. Um, So that's kind of where, so I just used that honestly. So um, I've got Georgia wins this game 38 to 27. That would be a win. That would be a cover and that would be the under. Nice. I like that. I like that. Uh, I went with a gut. I went with my gut at first, and then I took a look at what the the eggheads have to say. Okay. So I, I'm going 34-24, and I'm going that reason is because that's what I initially was thinking for this game was 34-24. Um, if you take an average of the CBC scan – uh, sorry, CBC R2 Sam, um, mm-hmm. the implied score and the odd shark um, predicted scores. Um, if you take an average of all all three of that those items, um, that's what you get. It's 34, 34, 24. Okay, nice, nice. I like it. Should um, man, I mean, it should be an epic showdown, right? <laughs> It's going to be fun, man. I mean, we're basically a point off between the two of us, which is, I know. you know, greater than, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that this, there's definitely, there's definitely a realm. There's definitely a realm of possibility where, you know, if they start turning the ball over that this game gets just like it did last year, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. It could. There's it could. also conversely a, a realm where if we start getting, loose with the football um that this game ends up being very bad for us too so um this is one where like i i do feel like like the realm of possibilities are kind of all over the place with this mm-hmm. one right i i will say here's what i'll say uh like kirby i mean i, I go back to the home record right and i mean like just look at what kirby has done at home if you if you take away his first season um, mm-hmm. which, you know, that was a transition year, right? The only home loss is that loss to South Carolina. And that was, you know, this is nothing like that. That was noon kickoff. The players were asleep. They weren't ready to go. They weren't taking them seriously. They were not focused. That is the only game we've lost at home. So because of that, like, that's where I feel like I don't, I that statement, like to me, I want to rule out the, like us getting blown out. Cause like, I just don't see us being, not focused and stuff like that. Um, we're going to be up for this game. Like I said, early the, you know, playoff ranking number three, they're going to feel slighted. You know, Kirby's going to use that. They're going to be motivated and they're ready to protect the home turf, man. We're going to, we're ready to protect Dooley field at Sanford stadium. To quote, to quote a, a wise man. I'm tired of hearing about these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. So uh, yeah, man, I, I'm, I, I think that he's going to have them, he's going to have them fired up to play. I'll, I'll go back to the, the lean on this as, as far as like the vibe check for the, the various fan bases is Tennessee put out a, a graphic, put out, put out a social media post from their official account talking about how they were number one in the country. 
and none of the other teams in the top 10 or whatever, none of the other teams mm. put out, put out anything because yeah. Tennessee is the only one that hadn't been there before. Yep. yep. Or maybe it was Tennessee and TCU or something like that. I can't remember. I, I can't remember. Yeah, there was. were two. I don't remember what the other one was. Yeah. But like Tennessee yeah. for sure was, was commenting yeah. on their social medias about them, them being ranked number one. And all I got to say is welcome back mofos. Cause you're about to come down to earth. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I would, man, I mean, I would just love to, to take this <laughs> away from them. <laughs> uh, I think I, I, I told that John, John, John's been saying that, you know, that these, these Tennessee fans are going to open up the checkbooks and that checks out with the, how much the get in price for this game is you can basically pay your mortgage or car payment or whatever on, on the on these ticket prices i think it was like several thousand dollars earlier but now it's like yeah. to get it they get in prices like just shy of 700 bucks or something like that but just remember if a tennessee fan offers that money that it's it's not worth it yes money money can't money can't buy that experience that's all i gotta say <laughs> <laughs> don't don't sell your tickets to georgia fans because i'm sure there are georgia fans that are willing to pay a, a, a healthy profit on on your investment um but man is there going to be do, some do do sell to Georgia. Don't sell to Tennessee. Right. Correct. Did I, did yeah. I, did I say it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I just yeah. wanted to make sure. <laughs> there, there are plenty of Georgia folks that are willing to pay a, a good amount of money for this game. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hitting up the, we're going to, we're going to see some of our colleagues in the podcast industry. Um, yeah. This, yeah. This weekend. What's the, are, what, are, are you, when, when are you coming into town? What are you doing? Yeah, so I'm going to come in on Friday. Um, come in Friday. I'll, I'll get in Friday night. So we'll need to let's let's text, let's sync up. Um, should be able to just meet you wherever, and hopefully, maybe we can kind of tailgate, hop together or something. Um, go visit some folks. It'll be fun. I, I will say that for the folks here, I am planning to. I need to check and see what time they open. But raising canes, um, we're going to get some. <laughs> we're we're going to get some raising canes. It, Will, <laughs> if, if, if Will Kaplan hasn't, <laughs> if Will Kaplan is still listening, he's so excited right now. And 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 Chris, our buddy British Bulldog, is very jealous. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta up, I gotta one up that man <laughs> some way. <laughs> like you, you got, you got, you got to see Stetson's jersey in the locker room. I got raising canes, bro. <laughs> right. I like it. Yeah. They don't open until like 10 from what I, I don't know. Maybe they open early. We'll get, so, all right. We need, we need somebody <sighs> to put glasses on it. Well, we need somebody <laughs> to put glasses on it because I don't know. Like that's what it says on their, on their website, but. Oh my God. No, I just did the wrong button. <laughs> Trying to put glasses on it. Yeah. So it we need to put glasses on it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they open early on, on game day. I'm not sure. Um, their, yeah, their normal seriously. time I think is like 10. So we'll have to figure that out. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll okay I like that. That's a good idea. That's a good call. So yeah, so if you see a couple of guys walking around, you know, I'll, I'm going to post my travel, uh, you know, outfit as usual. So I'll put it on the socials. You'll know how to look out for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to find you. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I, you know, we've said Hunter has said that it is a uh, baseball pullover weather. Um, so if know, I stick man. to that, you think it's gonna be hot, too hot or too cold? I don't know, man. What was the, what were the temperatures that you had, you had on your, uh, let me, let me scroll back up. Uh, I had highest 78, lowest 62. The issue is the, the chance of rain. So hopefully, hopefully that changes. See, I'm like more of a, uh, throw, throw a poncho in my back pocket kind of guy. I'm definitely going to have a poncho. Yeah. I'm going to do yeah. that for sure. For, for, so like for the rain, like, I don't know, man, 60, 
60, 60 is 60s is hot. I'm like, I'm more of like, a, am I going to wear shorts or pants situation? Mm, okay. <laughs> As the debate rages on. See, I was thinking pants with my baseball pullover. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, 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 I can make a game day decision. I'll bring both. And I'll go step outside and see what it's like in the morning. Well, I'm gonna as as we've discussed. I'm I'm gonna get my run in, and I'll I'll let you know ahead of time. <laughs> at, at the, okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, you got to do that. I actually I meant to remind you, and I forgot. So you said it before I even. <laughs> there's no need. To, there's no need to remind me. It's already booked. Like I've already like. Okay, I'm just making sure there have been some games where it didn't happen. So just want to double check. Well, as we've discussed, like I've decided that it's be it's it was my fault. Okay. It was my fault. We came out. <laughs> we came out soft against these teams. So we're my mind is right. I've got six miles. I've got six miles scheduled for for oh, for Saturday Legit. morning. So. Legit. I'll be, okay. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be primed and ready to go. It's part of my wake up. It's part of my, my plan. Like I'm going to get up, I'm going to get up at like four, four, four or five o'clock and, and run, um, and run my, my, for an hour, basically six miles, you know, fa- okay. fairly, fairly easy with, with champ Bailey. And, um, I'm going to get Carter up when we get home. We're going to head to Bojangles with, uh, with Kyle and, um, and his boys. And we're just going to head to Athens, man. We're going to, we're gonna we're gonna make a day of it, boys. Boys trip to Athens, and I'm so excited. Nice, awesome, love it, love it. All right, man. Well, can't wait for it. Uh, highest ranked matchup in the history of Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium. Uh, looking forward to get to get getting to catch up with you in person again um, this weekend. Hey, it worked and, out for us last time. <laughs> that's right. That is right. That is right. Very true. Good call. All right, man. Looking forward to it. Nothing sucks like a big orange and go dogs. (laughs) Go dogs.